Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Three, a show about Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic and part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. It has been a long, long road for Novak Djokovic, but he has finally equaled Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal with his 20th Grand Slam title at Wimbledon 2021 with a four-set victory over Matteo Berrettini in the final. Let's just talk about the the occasion and obviously the career grand slam is also uh still alive due to the victory plus you have Djokovic pulling off his first channel double big moment for for Novak in terms of his career uh do you feel like this was something that um will kind of be part of his uh, his legacy this win at Wimbledon 2021 Joel of course I mean unbelievable tying uh, Feder Nadal, um, he trailed them for many years, and so now he catches up, and it's it's 20 apiece, and Novak looks so fresh in this whole title run again, and then the, the significance of the of the calendar Grand Slam, which no one has done in 52 years, no man has done, so just uh, an amazing, amazing achievement, uh, just uh, tremendous tennis, and again, also Novak looking um, pretty fresh, pretty fresh, yeah. particularly compared to our other two guys. The thing I like about it is that he set out to do it and he did it. And that is remarkable for, from a goal setting perspective. Um, anyone in life can relate to that kind of thing. And it was extremely difficult. This grass is not his best surface. He had to do an extremely tight turnaround from pretty much diametrical opposite surfaces. And he had to, you know, battle the the naysayers and the crowds that were not always predominantly on his side. And he did it with class and style. And I think it's it's a great moment for him. Tying so that it's 2020-20 makes it also a great moment for the three of them. Now, if he goes ahead, it's really going to be his crowning moment. But right now, it's kind of a cool thing because we can say three guys, 60 Grand Slams. Yeah, that is really amazing. And of course, that if he could get to 21 at the U.S. Open and do it with a calendar slam, uh, that is just an amazing, just a tremendous feat. I mean, it's kind of word defying because it's, of course, we're going to have plenty of words in the next few weeks all about this stuff. Um, Interesting how he said he might be 50-50 for Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. That yeah, that, that is interesting because he I, I don't think if you would have asked him that question, Novak, are you going to play the Olympics? I feel like that's been yes, 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 yes. And now it's uh, oh, maybe. Right. So I feel like he's changed his tune there because of, I think, how draining this last month has been. And and of course, the events that are going on in Tokyo um, right. around that and various things, some of the same things that impact lots of players. But uh, but again, to the now. Uh, the way he went about his business at Wimbledon, the way he segued so smoothly from Paris to London and, and his game, um, 
just and the way he tamed. I mean, Berrettini, it, it's interesting, these three finals he's won this year, uh, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Berrettini. Here's the future. It's coming. It's attempting to be get there, and they're playing the game of tomorrow. I mean, the Novak aspirants who play like him, akin to like Gofan, Nishikori, who are kind of like paler versions of Novak, they're, 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 they're time, they're going to play tennis matches, but these guys in the finals, this is the future of where the game is going, the height, the power. Berrettini, I mean, Berrettini was very impressive today. Line them up, right? And, and Djokovic has, has mowed them all down in, in 2021. I kind of like what, what Amy said about this possibly in the big picture if Novak goes on to win in New York, this might be kind of the setup match. And I think that that kind of happens, right? Where it's like, normally you remember one or the other better than, you know, and, and they're not equal. It's either the passing moment or the tying moment. And I do think the passing moment, I mean, this just sets up the, the hype. I can already feel it for New York. <laughs> well, remember when not, okay, let's sandwich and I'll borrow one from sports when Michael Jordan for years struggled versus the Detroit Pistons for a little bit. And then it came down to, um, in the, I forget if it was a conference final or a conference semi, the Bulls getting past the Pistons who'd won before. And so Novak did it in both, kind of the combo of the Paris effort over Nadal and then Wimbledon itself, which is a glorious tournament. And then onward, I mean, there's so many narrative threads that describe what's going on with Djokovic this year. It's just, it's just remarkable. And let's also remember, uh, several years ago, four years ago, uh, Federer won Wimbledon. Novak, at the early part of 2018, was kind of in parts and pieces. And three years later, here he is, better than ever. I thought it was just exceptionally classy for Novak to mention Roger and Rafa in his gracious on-court interview after taking the crown. And... It was also nice of Roger and Rafa to um, to congratulate him on Twitter and social media and all that. So I'm really not thinking much about the GOAT debate. We don't do that anyway on this show, but or even just thinking about the definitive greatness and all that. I'm just taking time to enjoy this moment of the three and um, thinking about the achievements and enjoying um, the tournament that I just saw from Novak. Yeah. You know, the way I distinguish Djokovic um, a little in, in some way with in, in comparison to Federer and Nadal is Djokovic's story feels like the underdog compared to the other two. And I think from upbringing, he had, I think the the roughest upbringing and his odds were stacked against him in a way uh, that that are really was really significant with uh, growing up in in really a war torn country without much of a history of tennis success and I think his his path to equaling Federer and Nadal mirrors that because the odds were once again stacked against him when Novak comes up as a young player. And he comes up in an environment that is ruled by Federer and Nadal. And it is unimaginable that anyone could possibly disrupt that kingdom. And Novak believed he could do it and did it. It reminds me of two other players from Eastern Europe, of uh, Martina Davratilova, coming from where she came, and uh, Ivan Lendl, 
And now Martina had to topple eventually the Chris Everett, who was kind of the, you know, she was the dominant player for many years. And, uh, and uh, Lendl had to buy with uh, Connors and McEnroe. And again, those people, they coming from Eastern Europe, they also had to travel a further distance. Martina defected when she was 18, sought asylum in the US. Um, and then you look at Novak, you're right, coming from Serbia, and we know a lot about his background and uh, during the NATO bombing and other factors that really, and, and the fact that those two guys, not just one, but those two guys were playing really good tennis for great portions of his career. Not that he's necessarily surpassed, that's not so much his material. It is, it is neat and this moment of this 2020-20 is, is pretty fun, pretty a neat thing to think about, to take into account how great they are and how they pushed each other. I mean, Amy, I think you shared a, a tweet with us earlier from Roger, what he said about how he had, Roger's, what did he say exactly? He said something about he is privileged or, or proud to have the opportunity to compete um, in this era, basically with the other two. To um, have, to have, which means I'm still chasing you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did take note of the verb tense. And for those of you that are not native English speakers, it's just a very fine point. He very easily could have tweeted in English, you know, I have had, which technically means it's more past. That would be more of a past thing. But to use the strictly present tense, which is have, is, is just a little tip off that he's still playing. He's, as we said in a previous show, Roger's not quite ready to retire yet. So enjoy it. Enjoy this moment. Don't get too angry or riled up because, you know, you're a player. I, I know some of the Federer and Nadal fans are kind of grieving a little bit, but try to look at it as a positive and think about sharing this with your children or grandchildren. I saw these great three play in the same era. Yeah, absolutely. We all agree on the on the Federer tense thing, right? That they have all prolonged each other's careers, and I think all of them say that as well. Well, they motivated one another. I mean, I, I don't know if it means if the other wasn't there, they'd have quit as much as they've compelled one another to improve. And so that's kind of the glorious side of competition, of how competition compels people to improve, and and it, they're kind of upping the ante. I do this better. You do that better. I mean, the way the way they've each done it, the way Nadal first did it for Federer and Djokovic. I mean, it's a, you could it's like a whole pinball game of how they've bounced off one another. And it's neat that it's three of them, not just not just two mano mano, but three kind of vying with one another. I mean, and the and the match today, Novak, um, after leading in the first set, uh, lost it. And um, you know, Berrettini playing some excellent tennis. I mean, I think he acquitted himself quite well in his first major final. Do you agree, Amy? Yes, uh, with one major quibble. I mean, you guys know that I am a fan of Berrettini and, and uh, in our draw show, I'm the one who said, you know, pinpointed this guy and said, not enough people are giving this guy credit and, and he's one to watch. Um, but Knowing that you have to play Novak Djokovic, the one thing I don't understand is why he did not come to the net more and why he did not serve and volley. He served and volleyed once and 
I think it was Patrick McEnroe on the US ESPN telecast said that is the first time he's done it yeah. in the entire tournament. And if you've got a serve like that and you're that tall, 6'5", there is no excuse. <laughs> you have to try something different. You cannot beat Novak Djokovic from the baseline. It's not right now. It's just not possible. So the technique, the tool, and you, this, was, this got to some things you were talking about, Novak, a few days ago, is, hey, Berrettini, you're winning this other match. You got to do this five times in that match, five times this other match, because it's pretty tough if you haven't done it once in the prior six matches to try it out in the final. So you have yep. to, it's like a basketball team. You got to get everybody in the game early and do it. And, and so Berrettini, I think that's a great thing to look at it, at tactics and techniques for toppling Novak, just like Tsitsipas probably took away from stuff from Roland Garros and Berrettini here, the serve and volley, the backhand, the slice seems to work pretty well. So how do you make the two-hander do some more offense for you? Because that's, that's an area of, of weakness, but there's no reason a guy can't improve that. And the lesson from the three is look how they've improved themselves technically. Look at the yes. things they've done. Look how Federer has improved his backhand, Nadal his volleys, Novak his forehands. And these are not these are not revolutionary things. These are just you know hardworking things. I, I um, I'm going to come back to something with Federer once. Um, he has his mysterious workouts in Dubai, you know, where he spends time with people. Mm -hmm. I asked Paul Anacone about that once, and I said, what does he do there? He goes, there's nothing anyone else can't do. He does it really well. <laughs> he can adapt really well. And you say, hey, Roger, drive the backhand. Don't slice it so he can, he can take it in pretty quickly. But it's the same things that every other player can do, a two-on-one two drills, uh, you know, repetition feeds, 11-point games, practice sets. So, so for Berrettini and the other contenders, that's, that's their – that might be their biggest takeaway of all from the three is these guys a constant dedication through three generations of contenders. You know, it's not just, you know, we're seeing such new ways of, of the path of a career. We're not just seeing, okay, my first wave and then I make a comeback and then I'm done. Look at these guys, three, five, 15 years. Well, there is levels to the game as we know. And when I, when I'm thinking about this, and putting myself in Berrettini's shoes, 50% of his serves were not being returned, regardless of if he was coming in behind them or not, basically over a stretch of 11 matches leading up to this final. He was serving one ace per game. He was serving probably one and a half more uh, unreturnables that, that weren't aces. I mean, he was getting loads and loads and loads of free points. And now you play Novak, and it's not like that anymore. Well, I think with Novak, because he gets the return back so uh, forceful, and so that's all the more reason to serve in volley, because Novak is hitting it deep, hitting it high over the net, getting a lot of margin on it, and that forces, um, th that puts a guy on his heels. So if you're at the base, if you're serving volley occasionally, now Novak's got to make the return a little lower. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Overall, I'd say Berrettini, there's plenty of things that he can add to his game. And you can really see that when he faces a player like Djokovic, who's as complete as you can possibly be as a tennis player. Um, but, you know, yet again, it, it looked like Djokovic at times was uh, was battling himself a little bit, battling the pressure and having to win despite being a little bit tight. I never felt like he opened his shoulders. What did you make of uh, Novak's performance, Amy? I thought it was excellent. Um, You know, again, I don't judge Novak on past performances or um, what I perceive just with my eyes, his level to be, which I think a lot of people do. They, they see a few errors and they think, um, or they perceive that maybe he's not hitting the ball as hard. So they say, oh, his, his level's off, you know, and, and that's not really data backed or, or science backed. That's just a feel or eyeballing it or, or whatever. I thought, he played extremely strategically. He rallied mainly to the guy's backhand and everybody knows that Berrettini has a weaker backhand. He used the pattern that I call the bomb, which is backhand, 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 backhand until such time as you've conditioned him to keep defending on that wing and then you go forehand. Many times he didn't even need to get to the bomb because Berrettini broke down at some point. Um, There were many like slice war type points where um, it was slice, 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 and Novak just won because Berrettini just broke down. And I also thought Novak got the best of him at the net. He got the best of him in the cat and mouse points. And he just outmaneuvered him. And from that standpoint, I thought it was a brilliant performance. That's a great assessment. And I think let's look at this level concept. Again, tennis isn't golf or sprinting. You don't do it in a vacuum. It's an interactive sport. And the person is applying their pressure to you, to them. So it's not like there's this pure way you just play. And, and, and I think I think Federer got this even more over his career because Federer's winners were so remarkable, his shots, the beauty of them all, that led people to think that Roger must hit, he must hit uh, 50 winners a match and aces and volleys. And so the notion of a level, like, I want to say to people who say that, have you ever played a tennis match and worked your way kind of toothpick by toothpick through it? And again, and at that level, someone like Berrettini has major big weapons and he's coming at you and how do you kind of manage him and pin him and and I, and I guess the bomb, you mean like that's the backhand down the line, right? In the middle of the cross. No, court. that's that's actually the forehand cross court. Oh, I see. Okay, so the backhand. Yeah. Okay, so. You mean inside 
In oh, the forehand cross court. You mean backhand, backhand cross court? Well, it depends on on where you're hitting the ball from. It could be down the line, inside in. It's yeah. just you're you're conditioning him to hit to his backhand, and then you hit to his forehand in in a more open court. Okay, we should you know to be fun sometimes. I think in a future show it'd be fun for us to have some court diagrams to show some of these yeah these patterns. I think that's really neat, and I think you're right. I think Novak put together uh, a great match that way and it's a Wimbledon final and the guy and again Berrettini uh, fights his way to win the first set not easy after Novak was leading in that set and had a set point so um, I thought it was rather rather masterful I mean brilliant yeah brilliant I get it brilliant is when a guy like uh, when Novak won the 2019 Australian Open final and he just completely dismantled Nadal in straight sets those things happen it, it, those things rarely happen even or for this year's or this year's or, or that's or this year's that's right yes that's right yes yeah you're Good right point. i mean every every match can't be like that it's not never going to be like that what i find the beauty in in terms of djokovic and, and what he does is yes his his problem solving but also you know you're he still has the ability to trust his legs and his defense and withstand those bombs those haymakers and the the comfort that he says, okay, I'll I'll apply this pressure with my defense. I'll continue to apply it. Uh, it. I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily have my clean backhand down the line winner. It's not really my game today. It's just the timing isn't isn't there really. So I'm gonna go maybe cross court instead and just rely on my shot tolerance and my legs and be the more consistent player. And the way he returned, uh, the way he began to serve as the match went on after a, a tough first set in the serving department, he, he really did have everything he needed to do the, to win the match. Um, you know, he just, there were certain aspects of his game that, that weren't there. He didn't need them. And you're, you're right. I, I agree. I don't think that anything should be taken away. This is a one-on-one -on -one sport. Your job is to win. Isn't, well, that, isn't that it? Yeah, and, you're, and also, and, and depth. Remember, that's the thing with Novak. We talked about this yes. before, depth kills. But again, you look at a, a match, a tennis match, you start off with these plans, you start off with some notions, but then it's a series of finding these, these fissures, these openings that you can probe and find and manage this and, and handle that and withstand this. And again, against people who can throw as big punches as, as Berrettini, you got it. You got, and you got it. Okay, I can write that one off. He's not going to hit fifty of those, or is he? And and each point is its own little little dramlet. And I think that's going to be that's what's pretty interesting about about the game overall. And you watch the way Novak is just he works through these points again. The problem solving so so impressive. And I think we're going to see more of that. I think now now these one three these slams are going to see a lot more. Um, you talk about media a lot more of what I call the the parachuters who've never been around tennis who are going to come to, who is this Novak Djokovic? Who's <laughs> I'm such a, you know, an overnight sensation, 20 slams in the making. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, I welcome all those people. I'm, I'm not one of those people that says, if you haven't been following all along, then don't start following now. No, please come too. in. Yes, had, enjoy. I've yes. I've been around them, around this sport for 30 years and it's, I'll be intrigued to see what they seek, what they initially understand, and then what they seek to know. Because I've, of of our three, Novak is the hardest to understand as a player. Oddly enough, even though 
No you know, doubt. The, the, the others, I mean, Federer appeals to the Barishnikov lover in anyone. It's like, he's the ballerina and he's the dancer. And you get that even if you don't get tennis. And Adal is this warrior. But Novak is kind of, there's a pure tennis thing to Novak that's a little different than those other two. And we're going to be, I'm going to be interested in the dialogue around that in the weeks and months and years to come. Because Novak is now, now that it's all tied, I think he's going to head into a, a right period of deep understanding. Because he's no longer the, it's like, it's like the third child. Hey, guess what? I'm a Rhodes Scholar too. Yeah. You know, there have genuinely been, been people in my life who are casual tennis fans who have in good faith asked me what makes Novak Djokovic good. Because initially to a, to a casual viewer who doesn't understand certain aspects of the game, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way at all, it is not obvious. And, and that, to me, is something that's actually kind of fascinating about, about Novak. It's not obvious to me, and I'm not a casual. <laughs> I sit there and chart the matches, and sometimes I look at myself and say, how is he doing it? But, um, you know, basically the game can be divided into four areas, and that's physical, which is your fitness, technical which is your your stroke work or your your technique or your mechanics um mental and tactical and i thought today that okay maybe you have some qualms with his mechanics on on certain shots but in terms of the fitness beautiful he had it he was in great shape um in terms of the mental is there anybody any better right now in tennis? He's got it. And the tactical, I thought he gave a brilliant performance. So he had maybe three of the four areas of the game lock stone solid. So to me, it's, it's really a great victory. Yeah, and of course, it'll be interesting to see how he, uh, like I wrote a piece about how he compares to the other slam winners, uh, Don Budge and Rod Laver. And there's a lot they all have in common. Of course, you know, these, these super geniuses share much and we notice it more too. Mostly what they do, they win a lot and they clobber a lot of people and they problem solve the way through things. And there's some other things that we're gonna be drawing out more in the weeks to come about what Novak shares with, with those guys, with those geniuses. Those are, those are the other two, he spent, he spent his career chasing the two active ones. Now he's trying to chase two inactive ones yeah. and, and yeah. their great achievements and what they did and their whole mix of fitness and shot making and aggression and all of that stuff. Yeah, I, I just had a thought about the whole levels thing. And, you know, it's it's almost like, to your point, Amy, if Novak didn't always do this, then that would be one thing. And you might be a little bit more prone in, in your right mind to say Berrettini didn't didn't play that well he must have not played well and that's why Novak won because he didn't have his best stuff right that's the, the that's the theoretical uh fantasy take that is not my take but the fact that he does this now basically if we look at this tournament alone forget the the history of it Fucevic and Shapovalov and now Berrettini there's three matches in a row where Djokovic isn't really hitting highlight real clean winners from behind the baseline off the ground. He just didn't really have that part of his game, but he won and then he won and then he won. So at this point, it's not everyone is stinking against Djokovic. It, it's not that it is. It is Novak and the things he is doing instead of what the things that he isn't doing. 
Well, yeah, highlight reels. Point. Highlight reels. I mean, go good. If if Montfis taught us anything, it's the value of being on a highlight reel, <laughs> of hitting winners from behind the baseline and spectacular shots. I mean, the game. I mean, success in anything is quotidian, and just kind of the the day in and day out. And that's as true for uh, Nadal and Federer as it is for Novak. Uh, well, that way. Well, the highlight reel point, I think I had it written down, fourth set, Djokovic serving 2-3, 15-30, incredible defense, volley right. finish. How did Novak win that point? Some of the highlight reel stuff actually happened with him at the net. That's and, and that was just a different dynamic. I mean, we know that Novak has those skills, but, you know, Australian Open against Medvedev, maybe he didn't show us that. He showed us his strength off the ground. But um, that doesn't mean that it wasn't just a completely dominating and, and brilliant performance given the scenario and, and what he's trying to accomplish. And that was a great point you mentioned, Amy, about how he, you know, the whole court and the completeness of the skills all coming in play, whether it was the, the scramble. And I think, I think to me, you know, we you sometimes hear defense to offense, like at a quick point, like suddenly a quick passing shot, but this is when it's a longer point. And that's, that's just thrilling to see a player be compromised, extricate, turn the table, and then finish with something, a, a, a tremendous shot. I think he didn't hit like a, a cross court angle to yeah. finish that point. I mean, that is just, and that speaks to the certain completeness of his game where I've been thinking how the, uh, for so long, the two-handed backhand was considered like the, the, oh, you have to have a two-hander. You're not as complete as the one-hander. I think Novak is showing that in a different way now. The two-hander is conferring a certain type of completeness. And the versus, I get it. He doesn't serve in volley the way Pete Sampras or Jack Kramer did. That's not the way the game is played now. So, but the way he wins, he covers the whole court and does things like you were talking the other day about how he's improved his volley. And it'll be interesting to see how some of that surfaces later in the summer in New York. And, and don't you think some people conflate going to net with the word variety? Correct. That be well, like so there's so much it's, generational bias. And I think one of the things that I love about our show and I hear from people about is that us coming from different generations and places in tennis kind of break that apart. Yeah. I mean, Go watch, go watch, a, go watch an all serve volley final between, um, you know, from way back in the '60s, and you tell me how much variety is going on there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's is, pretty bad. It's boring. Coming down to like two <laughs> returns. So, yeah, so nothing. Any one style is boring, but again, that's part of the genius of the three because you've had this triangulated, sustainable, mostly injury-free competition going on. So it's like this whole series of upgrades. It's a really neat thing it's a really neat thing in the history of the sport yeah so next up is the olympics and it's a it's a real possibility that none of the big three will uh will compete in the games it's up to uh novak djokovic to decide and uh it's an interesting decision for him and, and his career and his resume and do you care about the golden slam versus the career grand slam and um, a lot going on as uh, as we move ahead to hard courts and basically I can't wait to just lead up to this U.S. Open. It's going to be uh, it really does feel like one of the biggest events that we've had in a really long time. And um, with that being said, what a Wimbledon this was. Novak Djokovic comes through. Matteo Berrettini in the final four-set victory. Novak Djokovic has his sixth Wimbledon title, his third major of 2021, and is tied with Federer Nadal 
at 20 career Grand Slam titles. That'll do it for this episode of three. Remember, we're available on all podcast platforms. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video, comment, and subscribe. We will see you next time on the next episode of three.